Good morning. I'm so glad that anybody showed up today. I'm not going to lie. Uh, this morning I was up at like 5.30 driving around, making sure that the roads were okay and uh, everything was good until I got here to the, to the, uh, to the parking lot and I was like, uh, that's not quite as good as what I had hoped for. Uh, but we got that all taken care of and so I'm glad that we are able to be here together. I'm excited to be here. If you're new here, I know you're not. Uh, but if you're new here, my name's Steve, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that we get to be in worship together, and I will be right outside those doors uh, to shake your hand and welcome you. Uh, if you're new here, uh, that would be new to us because we remember you. Um, so uh, <laughs> my, my hope is this morning that we can, we can have, we, we, you notice we're a little bit more laid back. Uh, we didn't have the full band. We did some acoustic worship. Uh, we're going to have an ability just to have a conversation, and we've been talking about guardrails, about our need to have guardrails in our lives, and we're going to continue that conversation this morning. And so I want to start with a question, uh, and, and that question is this, have you ever met somebody that you wish you had never met? Have you, don't look at anybody. Uh, so no leaning over and being like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> So maybe, maybe better said, um, have you, have you, has your husband or wife ever met somebody that you wish they had never met? Or have your kids ever met somebody that you wish that they had never met? And my guess is, like, like me, the answer to all of those is yes. And, and that's because our greatest regrets oftentimes involve people that we consider our friends. Our greatest regrets, oftentimes, uh, it's because somebody we know, somebody that we're friends with, somebody that we have a relationship. And um, I want to warn us real quick. I, I don't want you to put a filter in place, uh, because a lot of times when we start this, you're like, oh man, Cousin Johnny, they should really be here to hear about how their friends are horrible. Um, or, or something like that. But I want us to, to try and to look at it from our own perspective and, and not to listen to it for what this message could bring to somebody else, but instead for what can change in you and, and how you can use this to help make a difference in your life and in the life of your family. So instead, see what God can do through you and in you and to you by setting up guardrails in our relationships. So just a recap, a guardrail is a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limits areas. Um, they, they direct and protect us and they minimize damage. Uh, guardrails are placed in the safety zone. Uh, we got that picture again. So the safe zone is where the guardrail is. It's not in the danger zone, so you're not already in danger when you hit the guardrail, uh, but you're, you're on your way. And so the guardrail helps to move your vehicle back into it. And the highway uh, or the roadway is not the only place that we need guardrails. We can use guardrails in our lives, in our relationships, in our financial matters, uh, in, in our moral decision-making, and all of those things. And we talked last week about culture not liking guardrails. Um, they, they tend to frown upon guardrails, but they also are very excited when we have moral failings because then they can point out all of our moral failings. 
So the important thing is that we, we have guardrails in our lives. And the reason we need guardrails in our lives today is because we're going to be talking about friends and associates, people that we're close to, people that we have a relationship with uh, that, that are part of your life in an ongoing basis, somebody that you deal with more than just, hey, I saw him at the grocery store or my neighbor that I wave at before I pull into my garage door. Hopefully nobody does that anymore. We, we know our neighbors now. So... Um, and a lot of times uh, when, when we think about that, and it's because our greatest regrets come from our, our, the, those that are close to us, a lot of times we can, we can put on the, well, okay, somebody's judging my friends. You know, you're, you're being judgmental of my friends. You're, you're thinking my friends are not the friends that I should have or the people that I should hang out with. And, and I wanted to clear that up because this isn't being judgmental, it's about having good judgment. And that's a very parent thing to say. I know, because my parents used to say that to me and it drove me crazy. But being judgmental is me forming an opinion. It's me sitting in judgment of your friend or anything like that. Having good judgment is totally different. Having good judgment is me sitting back and saying, for my best interest, what is the right thing to do? And, and the way that we're couching that statement in this series is, in light of my past experience, in light of my current circumstances, and in light of my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise decision for me to make? What's the wise thing for me to do? And it's, it's hard because I remember when I was a kid, I remember my parents, they were so paranoid. Uh, parents are paranoid people, right? They just sit there and they're very paranoid. Yeah, you can throw that up there. It's good. Uh, paranoid, right? Uh, they're, they're very paranoid. You know, I, I remember them telling me about my friend. Your friends are, they're not the kind of people you want to hang out with. These are not, they're not upstanding citizens. <laughs> and to be totally honest, they were right. And so as a parent, I went from being paranoid to being paranoid-er, right? I was more paranoid because I knew me. And maybe as parents, you uh, are in that same boat. Maybe you're paranoid-er because you know you as well, and you're like, man, this is not, not uh, I'm not going to let them deal with the same stuff that I dealt with or go down the same paths that I went with. And so again, it's not, uh, it's not about being judgmental. It's because you care. It's because we care. And so when we, when we talk about and think about our friends, a lot of times we put on a defensive filter that we want to protect our friends regardless of, of what they've done. Um, and we want to call out other folks because they, they're being judgmental about our friends or our, our family and those types of things. And, and what we need to recognize is we're not being judgmental. We're exercising good judgment. And the reason is, is because around our friends, when we're, when we're hanging out with friends, we drop our guard. We drop our defenses. And, and it's interesting because we as people are, are uh, we're, we seek after acceptance and approval. And, and, and so when we're around our friends, we'll do dumb things because they're doing dumb things because we want their approval for it. Uh, actually, my whole life changed in a conversation that took place in a parking lot once because I was rolling with a friend of mine. He was a new friend, um, and, and we'd been hanging out for a while, and I had a car. He didn't have a car. He got his car taken away because he got like 300 tickets in a week, uh, something like that. Uh, probably not quite that many. But we, 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 were, uh, we were hanging out, and we had decided that we were going to make the long trek. It was like 45 minutes. I was 16 years old, and we're going to make this trek across Houston, Texas, to this club called Energy. It was a teen club. It was awesome. 
I'm sure it's just as bad as you're imagining. <laughs> um, but the whole idea was just this, this fascinating thing. Hey, there's going to be girls there. I was very interested. Uh, so let's, let's, let's boogie. And so Charles and I, uh, I wasn't going to mention his name, but Charles and I drove uh, out to Energy. And we're in the parking lot and Energy, and we get out of the car and shut the car, you know, lock it all up. And we're, we're walking over. And he turns to me in the parking lot, and he says, so you know I want to do drugs today, right? And I was like, uh, oh, you know. No, I, I, I did not know that. Um, so cool, I guess. And he was like, but if you don't do them, we should just leave now because I want you to do them together. And so in spite of my own uh, inner concern with, I, I don't know what I'm getting myself into or any of that, I said, well, let's, let's go. You know, I, I went with him into the club. And I, I know for a fact that the trajectory of my life changed because I compromised my values in that moment. And, and, and that forever changed my, my life. And, and my worldview was different. My view of who I was was different. And my view of what was going on was different. Now, Charles was looking for acceptance from me. And I was looking for acceptance. For, we're acceptance magnets. And, and so this is the kind of thing that we need to be putting guardrails into place to prevent, to protect us from these kinds of things. The older we get, we can think, oh, it's not that big a deal anymore because peer pressure is not really a big thing. Well, there's this guy named Moran Cerf. This boggles my mind, honestly. Uh, he did a study. It's a scientific study. You can Google him if you want. Uh, and he found that when we're together, uh, even, even in short periods, our brain waves start to align with one another. It's happening right now. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, that should terrify you on some level, honestly. Um, I just think that's so interesting because your brain waves start to align, and that is true for the right kind of people to hang out with and also the wrong kind of people to hang out with. There was this guy named King Solomon, uh, and, and we, we say that King Solomon was one of the wisest people, maybe the wisest ever person uh, to live. And, and he makes a statement in the book of Proverbs. He says this in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. He knew it, right? Wisdom is contagious. Who knew? Just hang out with smart people and it, like, it will start to rub off. I don't know. It's crazy. But he continues that. He says, walk with the wise and become wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Whew. Maybe that's why I've had so much harm in my life. Um, it's, it's, and what he's saying, so Solomon isn't talking, like when I think of fool, I think of Mr. T. I pity the fool, right? Uh, this is what pops into my head. Now, you probably have no idea who Mr. T is, so that's okay. Uh, but the, the whole idea behind that just boggles my mind because that, that if, if you're thinking about it that way, that's not the kind of fool that, that Solomon's talking about. Solomon's talking about somebody that doesn't view the world as being connected. Like your decisions have no impact on anything else. And so you can do whatever you want and it doesn't matter. Uh, and that's the kind of person that Solomon is saying is a fool. And, and so what he says is it's not that you will just become foolish, but you're also going to get hurt because you're going to catch the shrapnel from their bad decisions. Because if they're not willing to take care of their lives, if they're not willing to live carefully for themselves, they are definitely not willing to live carefully for you. And so this is, these are the types of things. So you don't only become a fool, you suffer harm, and, and, and it's so difficult. So friends who aren't careful uh, with, and set up guardrails, if you're not looking to protect yourself in this, you're going to end up 
getting hurt one way or the other. And, and I realize that this is a blanket statement. You know, you, you might go through life and, and you don't experience anything bad with the dumb friends you're hanging out with, even though you know they're dumb, because I've got some of those. Um, actually, more people think that about me, but that's totally different. Um, and it's this whole idea of, I, I, I don't need to protect myself. And then you end up in a situation that one time, all it takes is once, and you're like, everything has changed now because of one decision I made. And again, nobody wakes up and they think, oh, you know what, I'm going to ruin my life today. Nobody thinks that. So what would it look like if we said, you know what, we, we, want, to, uh, we want to embrace life in the way that, that, that Jesus did. We want to hang out with wise people and do wise things and make wise decisions and put guardrails in place to protect us from dumb decisions and foolish people. What would that look like in our lives? Now, I want to throw a caveat out there because I, I don't want us to be so heavenly minded that we're no worldly good. So this doesn't mean that you're off the hook for talking with anybody outside of the church building right? That's not what we're talking about. It just means that you have to be, have guardrails in place to keep yourself safe in relationships that are not necessarily the primary relationship you're going for. And we're going to get into that, but I wanted to paint a picture for what it could look like, because we have a pretty good picture. In the New Testament, in the book of Acts, we have a picture of what it looks like to have, uh, to have a new community that is focused on what God wants. And it comes from the second chapter in Acts, and it's verse 42 through 47. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Man, their brain, their brain waves were really aligning. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added daily to the number of those who were being saved. That is such a beautiful picture of what could be if we are focused on hanging out with wise people, on, on keeping our eye on where Jesus is and moving in that direction. It's this idea that we're, we're living our lives for more than just for ourselves. We're living our lives for the community of faith and for Jesus. And so the point of guardrails is that they will awaken our conscience, light up our conscience before we have a dangerous situation arising. So I wanted to give us five ideas, five things that we can look at um, that, that could light up your conscience. If you're experiencing these things, when you are with your friends, perhaps you want to take note and say, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. this the, most of these are actually, you're in the danger zone or you're getting really close to the danger zone, so pay, pay close attention. Here's the first one. When it dawns on you that your core group, the group that you hang out with, isn't moving in the direction you want your life to be moving in, that should ring warning signs. You should recognize, hey, maybe, maybe they're not the people I should be hanging out with. Maybe they're not the folks that I should go because they're going in the wrong direction. Another one is if you catch yourself pretending to be someone other than who you really are. I think this is so powerful because uh, for me, this was a big deal for me. When I, when I would uh, meet somebody that I liked, I wanted them to like me back. And so I would try and be more than who I was. 
at the expense of even you know being being honest with with who I was to myself. Just wanted acceptance from somebody new that that I was interested in. And and when you agree on the outside, but not on the inside, that's pretty pretty rough. So if you find yourself doing like this, but in, inside you're like I don't I don't know that I agree with that. Then then perhaps you you should let that light up your conscience. Be aware uh, when you feel pressure to compromise. Now, I wanted to say something about this because I can say when you feel pressure to compromise, we know that all relationships are based on compromise, right? I mean, you learn this on the play, you learn this with your parents, but you really learn it on the playground because you, you, you don't want to be it all the time, right? So there has to be compromise. I'm not going to play if you're not going to let me be it, if I have to be it again, right? I mean, it's, we've all said, I, I'm not the only one that said that, right? I wasn't the fastest kid, so I didn't ever want to be it because I had to start like 400 meters away. Um, so this is the whole idea is this, we, we learn that compromise is good. And compromise, as we grow older, we recognize that compromise is key to relationships. That's not the compromise I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when you compromise your moral integrity, when you compromise who you are and the direction that you, ha- you want and you believe that God is calling your life to go in, that's the kind of compromise that, that draws you in. So that pressure to compromise those, those beliefs, that core values that you have, that's dangerous stuff. Here, here, how about this one? When you catch yourself thinking, I'll go, but I won't participate. Oh, I, I love this one because, man, uh, pre-Jesus, Steve, this was, this was it. I was like, well, that's probably a bad idea, but I'll go. I'll, I'll take one for the team. I'll go. But deep inside, I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of want to go. Uh, you know, wherever it was, whatever it was that we were talking about, I'll go, but I won't participate. What's interesting is, as a parent, I would never accept this from my kids. There is no way a friend could come up and be like, well, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to participate. And I'll be like, well, that sounds good. <laughs> right? No. It'd be like, no, this is a horrible idea. Don't do it. If we don't accept it from them, why do we accept it from ourselves? Why can we convince ourselves that that's okay? Here, here's my favorite one. When you hope the people you care about don't know your whereabouts. Yeah, you like that? I like that one because it sounds good, right? Uh, but I'm serious, though. If you hope that the people that you love don't know where you are... Now, this was most of my high school career, right? I didn't want my parents knowing where I was because of all the dumb things that I was doing in that red truck that I've talked, waxed so eloquently about. Um, it was probably so much cooler in my head than it really was. But that's the whole idea. If, if these are things that are going on in your head, uh, if, you're, if you're seeing these things and you're, not, you're, you're laughing on the outside, but on the inside, you're like, man, I'm not really sure some of those are hitting home. Then maybe it's, it's time to take a look at that. And I, I, I can guarantee you, it doesn't matter how old you are, if you're two or if you're 72 or 152, we're going to go with that. Um, it doesn't matter what age you are, your friends still are the people, your friend group are still uh, people that are determining the direction and the quality of your life. And so here's, here's an example of something, and, and this, this struck me when it, when it happened because I, I didn't plan on this. I used to work for a company called Pfizer. They make drugs. They're, they're a pharmaceutical company. Uh, so I went from doing drugs in high school to being part of a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> Uh, it was a really, really big, really big transition in my life. Um, the interesting thing at Pfizer is we would go, once a year, we would go to Las Vegas for this Microsoft Summit that was out there. 
And, and so I, I knew this was coming up, and, and I was in, uh, enrolled in, in seminary, and, and I was, or not in seminary, but in, in, I was preparing to go into seminary. And so I was taking all of, all of this seriously. And I had heard this, this sermon by Andy Stanley on guardrails. And so I called my buddy Mike, who worked with me. Now, he lived in, in Detroit, Michigan. And I called Mike, and I was like, hey, man, uh, when we go out there, I just want you to know, you know, we're, we're, we're tight. You know where I am. Uh, and and if, if anybody wants to go somewhere where I'm not comfortable, I'm just not going to go. And he was like, no problem. I'll hang out with you. It'll be cool. So we go to Las Vegas, and crazy in Las Vegas, um, you, they, if you go to the casinos, which is where all the hotels are, um, you, we went down into, and, and they have uh, baseball everywhere at this point in time. There was baseball games on every TV in the sports betting area, and if you sit there, they bring you free drinks. So I was like, we're never leaving. Um, watching, watching baseball, well, baseball ended, and uh, one of the guys stood up and said, hey, I think we should go to a club, and I want you all to hear in your mind, uh, this isn't the normal type of club, like 16 and up, uh, but I'm not going to go too deep into detail. So, uh, mostly because it embarrasses me. I feel like a 12-year-old. Yeah, they wanted to go. Uh, but, but so, and, and what happened is, is uh, the one guy that made the suggestion was standing, and like four other guys stood up. And we have uh, like eight, ten guys that are here, and I, I looked at Mike, and I had already put this guardrail in place because I knew that this was a possibility. I looked at Mike, and I was like, hey, you know what, and here's, here's the deal. I didn't say, oh, you guys, you guys are sinners, right? I didn't, I didn't start with that. I didn't figure that would be all that helpful in the conversation, uh, especially in the sports betting area of a casino. Uh, so what I did is I said, hey, you know, I, I hear what y'all are, are planning, that just makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it, and so I'm not going to be a part of that. And Mike was like, yeah, I'm going to stay too. All of those guys sat back down. It was crazy. So the guardrail that I set in place for me to protect me had an impact on others that I was with for the benefit of, of their lives and for making a little bit better choices with their time because all of those dudes were married. So this is, this is the thing that just boggles my mind about all of this, because again, our, our friends still determine the direction and the quality of our lives. And I didn't want to ask myself afterwards, how did this happen? How did I end up here? How did I end up in a place where it compromises everything that I hold dear? How did I end up in a place that leads me away from the God that I love so much? How did I end up doing this to myself? I didn't want to ask those questions. So I want you to to establish guardrails, or I can guarantee that you'll wish you did, and some of you may already wish you had. Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you for this day uh, and for the snow and the sleet and the ice and the tornadoes and the torrential downpour and the flooding. Uh, we, we thank you because, um, because you're here, and regardless of the weather, regardless of the quantities of folks that are here, you're present with us. And so we, we give you thanks for that. And we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for guardrails that can help us to, to maintain the direction that you want us to go. That can help us to, to be alerted when we, when we stray too close to the danger zone. So Father, help us to establish guardrails. Help us to establish in our lives ways to, to stay safe and to stay on your path and connected with you. Father, we just pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the grace that you offer to us, 
and by the presence of Jesus within our lives, that we would experience your righteousness for ourselves, that we would live into that righteousness and we would make a difference for you. Um, we get to celebrate Holy Communion today and we're back to the big loaf, but we're still using the little cups. Um, but it was on the night that Jesus gave himself up for us, that he lifted up bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you.